Welcome to the WrestleBall Podcast. We are your host, as always. My name is JT. Joining me is my good friend, Marky B. What's up? Mark, are you hearing that right now? I am hearing it. I'm jiving on this summer evening. We've got some new hardware. We've got some new sounds. Uh, Royalty-free music, by the way. Please don't send us any ceased and built. This cease and desist. Desist. Yeah. You used to work at a law firm. I used to work at a law firm. Yes. How how legally binding are those cease and desist letters? I'm no longer working at that law firm. <laughs> 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 All right. So, you know, we've uh, upgraded the the hardware, so hopefully the podcast sounds a little bit better. I th- I think it sounds great. But moving on to the actual podcast, we got a lot of wrestling to talk about. A little bit of NBA news. Some really interesting storylines from all over the place but let's start off with a legend who just recently passed away bill russell man uh the nba has lost a a great one what do you think mark yeah um it was kind of sudden and obviously sad that uh, bill russell an 11 time nba champion he's a five-time most valuable player he didn't get any finals MVP because they actually introduced it in the nine and the sixty nine sorry in the sixty nine seventy season. Um, his last his last championship was in sixty nine. That's the last time he played. So he actually retired when he was on top. You got to imagine he would have had a ton of NBA finals MVPs. More than likely, he was a twelve time NBA All Star. He was an NBA All Star game MVP. Three times first team, eight times second team. Um, he was an an all defensive first team, four time rebounding champion, um, and a plethora of other very encouraging and and enlightening awards that this man has been accomplished to. Um, well, arguably considered the greatest of all time, alongside Michael Jordan. Uh, I guess you could put guys like Kareem in there as well. Yeah. But uh, more than what he did on the court, he did a lot off the court as well. He did. Um, very much involved in the community. Yeah, well, he took um, a lot of racial, uh, well, racism. Let's just call it what it is. And after what LeBron said about Boston, it's even more like, uh, it's more interesting. And, and that's why he had such a good bond with his coach. Because uh, he could really be himself. He didn't have to feel like he was another person. But obviously on the court, he'd have to be a lot more reserved and make sure he's not stepping on anyone's toes. Um, you know, losing a player like this who's grown up in the sort of racial divide of America, um, it really tells you how much, you know, of an inspiration Bill Russell really was to the NBA and to, you know, a lot of a lot of people and kids. and, and Yeah, and, not and, uh, even, like, like we said, his contributions really went beyond basketball. You talk about Jackie Robinson, you know, athletes who kind of just did the social justice work before it became a thing, right? So he was fighting for that cause for a long, long time. Uh, And hopefully, hopefully it continues with the the new generation. But uh, he will be missed. Clearly one of the best of all time. Now, we we typically don't rank him amongst because we didn't watch him play, unfortunately. Right. But if you did have to include him in your greatest of all time list, where would you... He's probably there. Michael Jordan kind of starts off the modern era, I would say. So he's sort of separated from them. It's just because the 11 rings is so much. I know the NBA was a lot smaller back then. But what he was able to accomplish, if you look at his stats, this guy's rebounding was insane. Some seasons averaging about 24 rebounds a game. Now, funny enough, if you do have a chance to look at his stats, you'll see he didn't average the highest amount of points, which you think is what he'd probably average. But he was actually more of a anchor um, for the team. Unfortunately, they didn't track steals or blocks back then um, but you could see what he was doing on the rebounding end which tells me that he was a ball chaser so he would have been good at stealing and, and blocking as well I'm sure 
guys who have watched the NBA probably know that as well. Um, and his playoff performances, you know, obviously brilliant as well. Never, never averaged lower than 20 points. Uh, sorry, 20 rebounds per game, and a few playoffs where he averaged over 20 points per game. So he was a pivotal part of the team, obviously, because he would often him and Kareem would often beat Will Chamberlain. At uh, you know Will I, Chamberlain, the man who dropped a hundred points. I was just about to say this guy won five MVPs while playing alongside Wilt Chamberlain, who I, I believe one of his MP uh, Bill Russell's MVPs was a year in which Wilt Chamberlain averaged fifty points, which is insane. And the uh, there was another guy, I think it was Oscar Robertson, right, averaged a triple double, which was who Westbrook chased. That, <laughs> but. Can you imagine know, winning insane. an MVP in a season where you know two of your competitors, one averaged a 50 points a game and the yeah. other averages a triple double that's it truly tells you it, it tells you what kind of contributions he 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 and you know contributed to the boston celtics a really just standout player i know guys are going to say they were playing with firemen and plumbers back then but will chamberlain one of the best ever ever of all time and and to, yes yes Give them their flowers, Mark. Thank you. So uh, I, nothing has really been talked about whether what, what had happened to him. Uh, he did die in his home, if I'm not mistaken. They said and, he died peacefully uh, he as did, well. So that's good. That's always good. They didn't say anything of uh, any illnesses that were straining or anything long-term that he had been dealing with. Uh, so we hope that we'll hear soon about when the processions will be for his uh, funeral. Um, it is truly a sad day. Just a fun fact I'll throw out there that Bill Russell is only one of five MVPs uh, who have passed away in the NBA. Oh, yeah. wow. So Kobe Bryant obviously being another one, and there's three other guys that I'm... Uh, Moses Malone, and I forget the other two guys. Got, uh, please forgive me for that. I'm excited to see what the NBA is going to do in terms of their tribute for Bill Russell. It's going to be a big one, obviously, on opening night. They're going to definitely address it. Bill Russell is the name of the finals MVP, um, and he's been so instrumental in the league. In, in what uh, he's another done. fun fact, if I could jump in here, is uh, the last Finals MVP to be delivered by Bill Russell, Kawhi Leonard in 2019. Oof, yeah. So uh, obviously, because of COVID, he couldn't be there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, he was up so there in Kawhi age. Uh, so he, that means Kawhi's going to win this year, right? Ooh, I don't know. You, you remove the Raptors factor out of it. I don't know how much. Yeah. You know. Listen, I love Kawhi, but it was it was a Raptors effort as well. Right, right. But Bill Russell gave him the championship, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. I Bill hear you. Russell. It would be a story tale, uh, fairy tale kind of ending there. And Bill Russell is also the only player I believe in the NBA to be on the I believe the top 15. Like the, you know, they did the uh, 75 year anniversary. And right. Did, so he was on the top 15, if I'm not mistaken, the top 25, the top 15, the top 75. So he's always made the list. Wow. So uh, that's living, definitely a legend in his own right. Um, doesn't get the uh, love I think he get deserves. Definitely gets the recognition. It, it's um, tough but, though. Like if yeah. you, like if you we, asked me, and we're like we we're born in the eighties. I was gonna say if you asked me any other athletes from the seventies across all sports, yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell you. I might be able to say Bill Russell though, Wilt Chamberlain. I don't know really what's And you going only on. know Will Cha- you only know Will Chamberlain actually because of um, his 100 point game. Yeah. And then him losing to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar most of the time. Right. So um yeah, that's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, so his, his name is set in stone. He'll he'll be remembered forever and uh rest in peace Bill Russell and uh, you know all best wishes to his family. Rest in peace. A little, we have to, we have to edit that. A little out. wrestling segue there. A little segue. That's actually fantastic because on top of uh, Bill Russell, you know, passing away, that's very sad news. There was a bit of a passing of the torch here in the wrestling world. 
Ric Flair's final match. Woo! Now, I, I, I don't know why this match got... Well, okay, I know why the match got the hype that it got. But it really, like, it wasn't on any major organization or anything like that. Yet, everybody was tuned in. Well, I thought you were going to say rest in peace to Ric Flair's career. Ah, uh, well, hopefully. Here's the thing about Ric Flair, though. He might be back. I hope not. I hope not too. For, was, this, for his sake, I hope not as well. But he, look, come on. I mean that I, the ending segment of that match was pretty bad. Um, the fact that Andrade had to help him put the uh, brass knucks on, uh, he said that he was knocked out um, at some point, so he didn't even know where he was. But he did finish the match. I mean, it didn't look great, but it didn't look terrible either. So well, here's the thing: everybody else in that match was pretty pretty terrific. I thought Andrade was good. I, I thought Jeff Jarrett looked really good for yeah. his age. He looked the same to me almost. Yeah, I know. It's he probably looked better than he has in in his TNA run. But uh, also, Jay Lethal was was great. So it was an interesting match. Ric Flair was wasn't good though. It no. was it was not good for Ric Flair. No. Did you see the little segment he did with the, he faked a heart attack? Yes. Pretty funny. Man. But I mean, also very scary. I, very scary. I was reading the Reddit threads for that, by the way. <laughs> Some comments were saying about like comedians who, who had real heart attacks on stage, but because the the audience thought he was, you know, it was a work. It was a work. Yeah. You just. You kind of just let it be. So I don't know if faking a heart attack was the best thing to do in his finals match. <laughs> Considering everyone thought he probably would have a heart attack <laughs> at some point, either before the match, during the match, or possibly like after the match, concluding like now. Um, I think he was saying things like he sh- his heart rate shouldn't be above a certain level, but he was working on a bike and it was going past that level. Yes. Which I think is extremely dangerous for someone of his age. Well, he has a pacemaker too. Right. There you go. So it's and that's the reason why his heart can't go past a certain level right. or shouldn't at least. Right. So Andrade really did his best to hold the match to his father-in-law. Yeah. Obviously Jarrett was nice and Jay Lethal was nice. They almost didn't have an opponent for Ric Flair for the longest time until you know Jay Lethal obviously jumped in and uh, Jeff Jarrett jumped in, which is weird because Jeff Jarrett is, was just a referee Saturday night at you know SummerSlam. I was also so. going to ask you, because I'm not really great on the wrestling history here, but does Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett have any past beef? Not really. I, I, I can't recall any like legendary no. matches between the two of them. I think Jeff Jarrett was in WWF at the time, you know, with the E, and Ric Flair was in WCW. Jeff Jarrett did end up in... I think they probably have small beef, probably. I think they did intercross a little bit in WCW, but nothing that like I can really, really, really put my finger on. Jeff Jarrett was a heel, and Ric Flair, for the most part, was a heel, but he did become face toward the end of WCW before they got sold to Vince McMahon. Right, so it kind of is a little bit odd that Jeff Jarrett would be Ric Flair's last match, assuming this is his last match. I hope it's his last match. <laughs> I don't think he should be putting himself in I that I think the entire danger. wrestling world is. Because hoping. if he goes into a match and he dies in that ring, it's going to be a dark day for wrestling, and it'll, it'll hurt the industry more than it'll help the industry. Ric Flair's last match is still considered by many to be with HBK Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, which was a great match. Um, and I think he should just sort of stop there. I mean, it's great to see Andrade fight and an, a face Andrade who has to carry the match, which is cool. But uh, I don't think Rick should be putting himself in that kind of danger. A hundred percent. I agree with you. Uh, now, some interesting tidbits on this match. Uh, I don't know if you saw who was in attendance there. 
Oh, um, Undertaker, Undertaker, Dead Man, Dead Man Walking. Yeah, they he also was, had Mankind. He was he was there to uh, make sure if Rick did die, he could take his take his body to the back. So he was there to ensure that kind of stuff. Oof. Um. Yeah. Also, Mankind and Bret Hart. Also, again, kind of a weird audience considering Ric Flair's last match. You would think Triple H might be there, or Shawn Michaels. Or anyone, you know, Batista maybe. Yeah, Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson. Anyone in the Four Horsemen. Even Cody Rhodes. Yeah. So to to have Mankind and Bret Hart in particular, it was kind of interesting. It was interesting, yeah. It was very interesting to have Undertaker there. That kind of tells you a lot too. Undertaker I can kind of see because, you know, they were both locker room leaders. So I I think Undertaker is just respected. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, Undertaker won his first belt from Ric Flair. There you go. Oh, sorry. No, that's I'm sorry. That's Hulk Hogan. But Ric Flair helped him. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, yeah, it it wouldn't surprise me if Undertaker was at a lot of people's last matches. But, I mean, Bret Hart, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I think Bret, Bret, you know what? The reason why Bret Hart was able to flourish was because of Ric Flair. Ric Flair really liked Bret Hart. Mm. Bret Hart always had a roadblock, but Ric Flair was the one to give him that. And I believe Bret Hart beat Ric Flair for the belt. Oh, okay. That was his first belt. And it was because of Ric Flair, you know, telling Vince and stuff that, you know, this guy's ready to go. Obviously, we knew that. uh, But uh, obviously, helping out somebody else who's especially younger in the industry is, you know, looked great upon. So Bret obviously still remembers that. um, And he he figured he'd, he'd come and pay his dues to someone who really helped him out in his career. Super nice. I I just thought it was really wholesome to have those guys there anyways. A little weird, but, you know, wholesome uh, nonetheless. And Ric Flair, hopefully, if you listen to the WrestleBall podcast, you had a great career. Please, please, Charlotte will take care of you. Your son-in-law, Andrade, will take care of you. No need to, no need to wrestle anymore. Or just, you know, get a ring in your backyard and just do your things there. And should you pass out in the ring, then that's the best way to go, I think. But, like, you got to really think about your life. Yeah. Um, I think you've had a hard life in terms of your family. I know there's some things like with your kids that have gone not the way you liked it to. Charlotte's obviously on a path of greatness, sort of like you were. Um, and I think you should be waiting for grandchildren. And uh, you should really be thinking about things like that. Um, I understand how big a part of wrestling is in your life. Um, but that's something you can also all always share with grandchildren and, and, and so forth. Even be a teacher, just be around. Um, there are many ways to be involved with the industry without actually being involved in it in a way that could harm you, right? No, so. I think that's a great point. Like, there's still ways to enjoy wrestling without having to wrestle, for sure. Yeah. So uh, to that, Ric Flair, hopefully that was your last match, and I'm going to give you an applause. And hopefully you've learned to not do this again. Yeah, I mean, like you said, a lot of people thought his last match would have been with Shawn Michaels, all that stuff. Yeah. He's had a Which lot of last many matches. consider it to be. Yeah, which was a good match. If you've not seen it, it was a very good match. Even the ending is pretty sad. So, I, I think um, I recall seeing match. it. This is the one where like Ric Flair is almost like they're both crying. almost crying in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, so. I do recall that. Hopefully, Undertaker also learning a, a valuable lesson from Ric Flair here. Yeah. Stop. Ex- stop extending your last match. Dead man walking. Because I'm not even so sure Undertaker's last match we've seen yet. Rest in. Peace. Now, Mark, before we move on to SummerSlam, there were a bunch of other matches on this event. Anything jump out to you? Um, Jonathan Gresham, who just lost the belt to Cesaro, was in uh, in this in this promotion. Um, I know he's been. I don't know if he's been upset or just wants to leave. So that was interesting, and he did defeat Allen Angels. Um, con- what? Consake 
Takashi Takashita Takashita sorry if I mispronounced that and Nick Williams and he won by pinfall it was a four corners match to determine the number one contender at the progressive world championship so I'm assuming this is where he's now going with his career um, Killer Cross, which is carrying Cross in the WWE with Scarlett Brudeur, uh, defeated Davy Boy Smith Jr. by pinfall. Davy Boy Smith Jr. obviously being the British Bulldog's son, who's also in NXT, funny enough. So both these guys were in NXT. Um, um, kind of surprised that uh, Jordana Grace beat Diana Perusa and Rachel uh, Ellering? Ellering in a three-way match for the Impact Knockout Championship. Impact being, you know, the TNA brand, but Rebranded as Impact, so looks like there's a lot of mix match in here. Uh, Josh Alexander beat Jacob Fatu again for the Impact World Championship, so it looks like a little bit of Impact was mixed into this promotion. Oh, okay, I, I was getting a little confused there for a second. I was like, wasn't Gresham champion, but he was ROH champion. ROH champion. Right. Yeah. So uh, actually, very interesting matches on this card. They weren't explicitly long except for the final match, which I believe went... Almost 30 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. I, I just want to jump in uh, on the Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu. Uh, so it's a no contest there. Oh, I'm sorry. Do, do, you, do you recall what happened? No. So it was actually, what are their names? What's Zack Ryder's name again? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Zack Ryder. Him and, uh, and his buddy, the, yeah. the you know the Wrestling Figure Podcast. Right, 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 right. Uh, they actually came in with uh, Smart Mark and uh, interfered and just beat, beat him down. Right. So that was a little bit interesting. interesting I actually used to yeah. watch their uh, YouTube. It's it's pretty fascinating if you're into video games, toys, and, and wrestling. Right. So right. very cliche, I guess you could say. Uh, but besides that, uh, any other thoughts on this event? Uh, no. My, just interesting to see Jeff Jarrett in this promotion and also in SummerSlam, which I think is probably the next thing we should talk about, being the yeah. major pay-per-view that happened on Saturday. Yeah, let's jump right into it. SummerSlam... Oh, man. Well, we'll get into the main event, I guess, because it was a good match, but I have some thoughts on that. But uh, let's let's uh, let's start off, you know, right from the beginning. Bianca Belair defeats Becky Lynch. And this is a, a face turn. Right. For Becky yeah. Lynch. Right. Because uh, guess who comes back? Ding dong. Hello. Yes. Exciting, exciting news. Welcome back. Bailey. Bailey. Io Shirai. That's not going by Eo Sky, if I'm not mistaken. It, okay, so her name was changed. Yes. I didn't actually Google that after, but I just because I think when he first announced, he said Eo Shirai, and then he started saying Eo Sky, and Io I wasn't Sky, sure if he yeah. was misremembering her name, but I guess it she changed her name. Okay, and then the uh, third girl. Oof. Which Man. we should know, but she's just the other person, like in the FTR thing. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you have to ask me, it's Bailey and EO Sky that would be run, the one running this. So essentially, they come out. So apparently, this was pitch in NXT or in, in WWE to have this stable, and um, it didn't seem like Vince really wanted to go with it or um, creative at the time wanted to go with it. So it looks like with Triple H taking over control of um, of creative, it's allowed Bailey. Dakota Kai yes. and EO Sky to come out as a stable. Obviously, Becky Lynch backed up her girl, Bianca Belair, who tweeted something very respectful and nice toward Becky Lynch, saying that they killed it and she loves working with her. That girl, listen, Becky Lynch is one of the hardest workers. She's more over than her husband. She's more over than her baby. She is the most over wrestler in wrestling. She can do face, she can do heel. I mean, we love her as the man. Um, and she loves herself as the mama. So, well, what I've heard from the the wrestling dirt sheets, as they say, 
Vince didn't want to didn't want to turn Becky face, but after he left, she was allowed to do this. But had he stayed, she would have stayed heel. But then you, you saw at the end, obviously, it's a clearer face turn because she she Listen. does the handshake, comes out and defends Bianca Belair. Listen, with Triple H at the head of creative, we're about to see some amazing things. I think WWE is on the right track again to being the multimillionaire. And this is a place where guys like MJF could come and make some change. Absolutely. I think Cody Rhodes had a great start. I think that's also because Vince knew of his family. I think Cody Rhodes is going to have an even greater run with Triple H there. Well, here's the other thing too. Triple H, I think, also has regained control of NXT. And what I've heard is he's going to bring it back to the black and gold. Instead nice. of this NXT Colorful. 2.0. Yeah. NXT 2.0, I think their whole thing was... Is it, they, is it, is it 3.0? Apparently it was. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what what are we talking about here? So if you caught our last podcast from last week, we had some nickname. Uh, well, we wanted to upgrade some tag team names. And, and 2.0, we thought should have been 3.0 if, if you really want to upgrade it. But apparently they, <laughs> they did go by 3.0 in NXT. So we should go to 4.0 then. Uh, we have to. We have to one up. We can't be one up. So, you know, 4.0, 5.0 maybe. Yeah. 6.0. 6.0. Very possibly. Definitely not 1.0 though. No. We're going up. We're going We're up. We're going up, baby. So it looks like NXT will probably be going back to its root with the black and gold, baby. Yeah. So I'm excited. Like the other thing too is uh, a Triple H is open to bringing in wrestlers for NXT, whereas NXT 2.0 was all about bringing in like former NCAA wrestlers and athletes and all this stuff. So I'm excited to see who they bring in. You talked about, you dropped a name there, MJF. Do you think he goes straight to the main roster or would you bring him up in NXT, just kind of take over, win the belt, and then come up? Well, this is the thing. MJF has the ego to say, start me on the main brand. But I think Triple H has the gusto and the and the veteran presence to say, prove it. Well, that's and the MJF, thing. And MJF doesn't... MJF likes to prove. So he'll go to NXT and maybe win the belt very quickly if he's able to do so. But uh, it is a slap in the face, kind of. I was going to say, though, I don't feel like it's a slap in the face because you look at guys like Finn Balor, came out through NXT. Um, what's his name? Um, the Scotsman. Oh, um, Drew, McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, yeah, came up through NXT. Shinsuke Nakamura, I believe, came up Shinsuke! through NXT. And he was huge coming out of New Tokyo Japan. Tokyo Electric. You know? Yeah. So there are a lot of really good wrestlers in outside of WWE that they bring through NXT, and I don't see an issue with that. Yeah. But you're right. MJF might be like... But Triple H ain't dumb either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Triple H ain't gonna be like, I'm not going to put you on the main brand. We don't... Because the thing is, what you have to realize is you don't know how the crowd's going to react. And a lot of the times, the crowds don't react to guys they don't know, which is really weird because I watch WWE and AEW, so I can react to both. But it looks like the WWE fans don't necessarily watch AEW, so it's sort of interesting in that way. Cody got a big pop because of his, I think, because of the name Rhodes. So it's sort of engraved in family, right? Well, you got to look at how they build them, too. He right. came out to millions of dollars of pyro, yeah. coming through the ramp. Like, even if I had no idea who Cody Rhodes was, if I saw that entrance, I'd be flipping very true but like and i'm not it's not a great example but guys like keith lee who are big in nxt that mm -hmm. didn't, didn't translate into wwe's because people didn't really know him so i don't know there's a lot of things with keith lee so a little rusty there but um i felt like if they don't know you and mjf is not a name outside of AEW. yeah yeah no i agree so, you're right if, if you took mjf threw him in the main slot with seth rollins brock lesnar 
nobody's going to think that's believable. No one's going to think twice that this guy even stands a chance. Even Austin Theory is more popular than him. Mm, yeah. Right? So, and, and that's saying a lot. We're about to get to Austin Theory because I agreed with you. I thought there were a lot of big things going to happen for him at SummerSlam. Me but too. Unfortunately, but did not, not happen. Yeah. Did not. So, yeah, Bianca Belair defends her belt, beats Becky Lynch. It looks like she's turning face now. And the return of Bailey with Io Shirai, who we wanted to, to, to come up to the main roster for a long, long time. Plus, Dakota Kai's back. Awesome. That's awesome for the women's division. Let's talk a little bit about Logan Paul and The Miz. Now, we I actually enjoyed Logan Paul's last match where he was tagged with The Miz. They lost, and then he kind of turned on him a little bit. Yeah. How'd you feel about this match? Yeah, it was a good match. Logan Paul, uh, I think he has a future in WWE. He obviously has the followers and the love of the fans. He did sign a long-term contract. Um, so it looks like he's going to be here for a while. Who better to do it with than The Miz, who works with all the Hollywood actors? He's really, again, digging, dig the niche uh, for wrestling for himself. Um, obviously working with Bad Bunny in at WrestleMania. Um, now working with Logan Paul. So um, I thought it was a good match. Um, not much more to say. He's still green, but he'll learn the ropes. And he's very athletic. He's in great shape. And he's been in boxing matches as well. So there's nothing I can't see him doing. Well, something I learned recently about Logan Paul was he was a Division One wrestler. Oh, I did not know if that. If that is, you know, that's hard to believe for me even as well. I had to Google it. Apparently, he, he spent one year at, I forget which university, but uh, during that one year, he did wrestle, and it was a D1 school, so technically he's a, a D1 wrestler, but... Big D? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Oops. well, this is in Logan Paul's uh, YouTube channel. We can't, that's, a, that's a flagrant right there. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad the rest called caught that one. Uh, <laughs> moving on, moving, moving on, moving on. But listen, Logan Paul impressed me. The fact that he's <laughs> ten times better than uh, Dominic Mysterio at this oh point in the game. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna get into. I, I don't want to spoil it. But we're gonna get into a little uh, five point play later, and and Dominic Mysterio kind of makes the list there. I think. But damn, I didn't even think about him. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Bobby Lashley gets, uh, he defeats uh, Theory. We all thought that was coming. Uh, we actually thought it was coming because we thought Austin Theory was going to cash in, which yeah. he tried to do. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. But this was uh, a short match. Yeah, um, I'm really happy again for Bobby Lashley. I've said this many times on the podcast. Um, I think he really fits in great with WWE now. He should have been a champion back in the past. But I think there was so much talent back then that he just wasn't able to, you know, reach those kind of goals. I think that Bobby Lashley is a WWE for life. He has a U.S. belt now. I mean, he's too big to not have anything right now. Um, I love his build. I love everything about him. I, I really enjoyed Austin Theory like, taking the beating from Bobby Lashley, and that's something I really like about Austin Theory, he, or Theory, I should say. He takes bumps really well, and he makes it look like it hurts, and he's very good at acting. So there's not much more I can say about this. They fought a few times already on Raw and on other pay-per-views. I didn't expect Theory to win. He did lose the belt to Lashley, but I did expect good showmanship, which we got from Austin Theory. And obviously a great, um, uh, the Hurt Lock, you know, completely dismantling Austin Theory. Oh, I couldn't have said that better myself. For a fun fact. Yeah. Um, the, the Hurt Lock is a lock that Chris Masters used to do called the Master Lock. And yeah, I remember that. Bobby Lashley was the only one to break out of that lock, and then now he took the lock. Oh, fun whoa, fact! Fun whoa, fact! I didn't know. I, yeah. I definitely knew about the Master Lock. Did not know that Bobby Lashley broke out of it. He broke the fourth wall. 
<laughs> Whoa, we're still cold. Where is, where is he? <laughs> get him some Steve Weisers for <laughs> we all get stunned. Um, uh, no, I, I 100% agree with you on that. Uh, Bobby Lashley, I think, is a guy that we all respect. I respect him from his wrestling. I respect the way he came up in MMA, how he started in Bellator and kind of came up slowly. Didn't just jump right into the big guns. He's undefeated, right? I believe... He, 3-0 and I, or 2-0 yeah, or something he, like that. He's undefeated. It's a pretty short record. And he's never been caught with steroids. That's the other thing. I didn't think For about that. For a guy that big. Yeah. yeah. So, Brock Lesnar gets caught like every match. So, I mean, like, it's only so much you can do. John Jones is another guy, but we won't, we'll stay away oh, from that Oh, wow. Shoot. Boom. Let's get him out of there. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, that was that was a decent match. We sort of knew what we were going to get into, so it wasn't that, you know, exciting and interesting. Well, and to your point about theory, I think he, listen, I, I'm going to have to always say that I don't think he's the next Cena, but he played his heel real well. He took the beating like a heel. And like you said, he sells it like a heel. So very good at his job. Yeah, let's see. Let's. And I'm also surprised with you that he didn't cash in. And we'll talk about how he attempted to in a, just a second. But there are a couple more matches we got to get through here. The Mysterios defeated the Judgment Day. A return of none other than Edge. He had those promos coming in. We all kind of knew it was Edge because they were replaying like what do you call it? They're like f- vintages with like Rey Mysterio's yeah. mask, Undertaker's urn, and the guys that he's beaten in the past. Okay, maybe not Rey Mysterio's mask because he helped them out here, but right, um, different characters, but all tied to to Edge. It was silly. I thought the entrance was amazing. I thought everything else was this. It was this match was terrible. Um, I don't like Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. I like Rey Mysterio, but I don't like I don't like this father son thing going on. The Judgment Day should have won this. They lost. I don't understand. I don't understand where they're going with this gimmick at all. And I and I, I foresee a retribution like action going on for Judgment Day. Um, Edge comes back. The entrance is great. The hair is cut. He looks like he's part of the brood now, but he's a face, and it just it doesn't. It feels out of place for me for 2022. Well, I just didn't understand why you needed to repackage him into this. Like you said, it's it's basically a new gimmick. This brood type gimmick. Why couldn't you just have him be an upset Edge? He just got, you know, he just got beat down by his own crew. Yeah, he's going to be upset. Why does he have to turn into a new gimmick? And then he's with the Mysterios, which I think makes it even worse. Well, I mean, Mysterios look, aren't doing nothing. I was going to say, let's talk a little bit about the Mysterios. Congratulations right? to Ray on his, what, 30 years or 25 years in wrestling or whatever. They did a little celebratory thing for him on SmackDown and then Rare Ripley ruined it. And then guys jumped on Ray and da, 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 da. But again, I'm getting tired of this Ray Mysterio thing now. I love Ray Mysterio. I thought he was great in his heyday. I love him in WCW. Um, but I just don't like this gimmick now. He's one of the, he could be on the top five list. Ray Mysterio. Oh, whoa. I don't know about that. He can still go. That might be a flagrant. Let's get this guy out of here, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? Three or five? Um, But Uh, uh, I don't like anything about this match. I don't like anything about any of these guys in this match. Um, I really like Finn Balor. Damon Priest is cool and Rare Ripley I really like too, but they're all being ruined by this thing. I don't like Dominic Mysterio. You know what I feel, though? I feel like they're just revolving heels around the Mysterios to make the Mysterios look good, and it's ending up making everyone look bad. 100%. But what I don't like about Dominic Mysterio is, for a guy who has a father who is a wrestler and who you, you know, if, you, if your parents are wrestlers, really yeah, you probably thought you might get into the business eventually. One, you started late. Two, it's been long enough that you should have gotten better. You should look better. Like, he just... 
He's like a regular guy. Yeah. Yeah. Is he not putting in the work? I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but he seems as green as the day he started. Yeah. Not great. It's not great. It's not been great at all. No. It's been very bad. Development's not been there. Um, I don't doubt that you're training with Rey Mysterio, with your father, but uh, I don't see it. I think you need to part ways with your training to someone else. I think being with daddy is going to make you a daddy's boy and it's going to make you too soft. I don't like anything about this. Well, like, that's a great point. Is is it a thing where maybe, listen, get out of the WWE, go to the in, go to the indies and actually learn and... Go to and, NXT. And build yourself up. You don't even have to go to the indies. NXT is right next door. And I'm yeah. pretty sure Triple H is going to have a smart mind to throw him in there because he needs a lot more development. This You're ruining Finn Balor. Yeah, well, I mean... Listen, Finn Balor's not been utilized well at in all. WWE. He had one universal title for all of what two days? Well, he got injured. <laughs> no, not his fault, but like yeah. But they never gave it back to him, even though he he still has the hype. People love Finn Balor. Right. I love Finn Balor. You love Finn Balor. Yeah. So, anyways, let's move on from the Mysterios. Not really much good going down there. Judgment Day, same thing. I don't know what's going on with them, and then now Edge, which is sad. Because he's a legend and he probably has a couple of years left in the game. So hopefully they can recover from that. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. What'd you think? Another celebrity type match. So we got two in a night. Well, these guys were both on the Indianapolis Colts. They were both in the same locker room. Pat McAfee actually became a kicker for the Colts. Oh, was Corbin on the Colts? Corbin tried out for the Colts but got cut. Oh, so, so that, there's a okay. little bit of background on this. I, I did see, I think, I forget who mentioned it. it might, maybe Michael Cole said that they were roommates or something like that. But that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Pat McAfee continues to impress. He's good. Um, you can see his training. He's selling like crazy. Um, but uh, they're, they're like these one-off matches with him because he's actually better as a commentator, in my opinion. And that's not putting him down as a wrestler. I think he's a great wrestler, too. Uh, but uh, they're giving him these one-off matches as a supreme face. The last one was with Austin Theory at WrestleMania. I do wish I'd see him a little bit more in the ring, um, but I guess this is what it's going to be. Obviously, the Happy Corbin match was obviously going to be a giveaway and uh, showed Pat, what Pat McAfee's capable of. I think uh, Pat McAfee kind of gets to decide what he wants to do because if you look at his podcast, it's really successful. He he just signed like a $100 million deal for his podcast. Wow. So. He doesn't need wrestling at all, so I think he kind of gets to call the shots and probably why he gets the Brock Lesnar treatment and and being able to call what events he gets to go to. Yeah. So that's probably it. That's it. But uh, Pat McAfee, yeah, I I think he's a nice little niche piece. He is. Well, he's fit into the commentating role really well. I know I I occasionally will make fun of him about how loud he is and screaming stuff, but like when Shinsuke comes out, he jumps on the you know commentator's <laughs> desk and he'll start dancing. And Michael Cole will be like, "Please don't hurt yourself before your match at SummerSlam or WrestleMania or whatever." So, but I think he's a really good commentator. He's like a heel face commentator, so it's sort of new. It's kind of refreshing too to hear him. I actually now that you're talking about the commentating, wasn't that awesome? The fact that Michael Cole was like rooting for Pat McAfee, and then uh, what's his name? Corey Graves. Yeah, Corey, Corey Graves, Graves was rooting for uh, Happy Corbin because yeah. they're they're buddies they're or whatever. Yeah. So I thought it was a cool dynamic as well. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I mean Pat McAfee just brings a, a little X factor. Yeah, I think he deserves a little applause. Mm. All right, I like it. Now here's a a strange result here, Uzo's defeating the Street Profits. Yeah, I thought 
the Street Profits are going to win. I, I think you thought that as well. I was hoping they would win. They've put so much effort in. And I was wrong. Last week I said they'd never won a belt, but they've actually, I think they're two or three time champion already. So Oh, well, there you go. They're just not undisputed there. champions. They've just been one or the other. The Usos are the undisputed champions, which are both belts. So, okay. I see why the Bloodline's winning, continuing to win, but why build up the Street Profits to lose like this? Yeah, I know. It's It's silly. You you mentioned their entrance on was a SmackDown or Raw whatever it was where they came through the crowd. Yeah, you saw the pop yeah, on that. It's pop. They got huge pop. They got bigger pop than the Usos. Yeah, yep. Usos are like an afterthought. The the the, the Street Profits are where the money's at. Yeah, and, and then you look at their entrance for SummerSlam. Yeah, came out uh, wearing the the jerseys of I forget what their hometown football team there is, but anyways, yeah, really getting big pops. What do you think is going on here? What do you think the WWE has planned for Usos and the Street Profits? Well, I think whenever Roman Reigns loses his belt, Usos will lose their belt. So they'll lose it all in one night. I just don't know what the plan is because they have both belts for Raw and for SmackDown. So do you go the undisputed route where everyone, where they, where Roman will lose both? But then again, Theory has the SmackDown money in the bank briefcase. And then the Usos, I'm not sure exactly what you do because they have also they have two belts. So I think Triple H will have to figure out the best way. In my honest opinion, if you're building Roman up this much, there's really no one that can take it down except for John Cena to win a 17-time champion. This was my theory. Well, pun I mean, intended. <laughs> okay. Pun intended. Uh, oh, we're, we're so close. We're getting so close to that Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match. Just uh, hold your thoughts for just so, two um, seconds. But yeah, um, I was really sad to see the Street Profits uh, lose. Obviously, Jed Jarrett was a special referee, and there was some bugging going on, as sorts of speak. I hope, I don't know what the future plan is for Jeff Jarrett. Um, he had a he had a smoking skull session with stone cold and i'm gonna go back a little bit bobby lashley's smoking skull session with stone cold was a great one if you guys haven't seen that one tells you a lot about the history of not only bobby lashley but the business and sort of where it's at and how he's understanding it now because he's in a locker room filled with kids now he said back when he was doing it it was hard liquor and uh, drugs and etc etc more roughy and stuff as opposed to now where the kids are playing video games and they're on their podcast and it's a lot more pg so um i definitely um i definitely advise you to check it out jeff jaron i haven't seen yet but he was also on the smoking skull sessions jeff jaron's had a very long career in wwe did uh just a question did bobby lashley say that was a good or bad thing or is just a different thing he said it was a different thing he said it's a lot more easy to approach guys now than it was in the past but he's like him being such a big guy he was so used to the ruffian and he doesn't care he likes it rough right so like well, now and, and daniel bryan recently just came out and said similar uh comments right right so you can see that uh, especially for someone like daniel bryan who's a small guy we're supposed to buy, last year he was a big guy right right so, um the in the environment favors a daniel bryan or Brian Danielson, however you want to call him, person now than it does maybe a Bobby Lashley. But I think Bobby Lashley would be open to welcome arms. There's a lot more PG now. The guys are a lot more welcoming. I mean, I can see guys like Xavier Woods being more like the uh, locker room chiefs and stuff like that because of you know how encompassing they are and how inclusive, you know, how opening they are to other yeah, people. Yeah, just right? the fact so. that he has up, up, down, down. And, and if you watch that, just random wrestlers will show up and play video games. And, and yeah. it's, it's very wholesome. Yeah. Very wholesome. Um, uh, that's interesting. I got to catch that uh, smoking skull se- session there. Uh, we're not getting uh, paid for these advertisements, by the way. Stone Cold's just been doing a real good job. Yeah. Yeah. 
where's 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 Stone Cold? Get the Steve Weisers <laughs> out. Din, 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 din. Um, um, no, okay, so oh man, I lost my train of thought here. So you yeah, can move on, yeah. Yeah, so. Uzo Street Profits, not the uh, result that we're expecting, and and you're right, Triple H is going to have to uh, figure out a way for these guys to drop the belts because that's four titles all tied it's, up in in one group. Yeah, it doesn't make sense when you can advertise more and have more. Yes. Um, now the the next women's uh, title match here, Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey. What'd you think of it? I personally wasn't a huge fan. I don't like the way they're building up Liv Morgan, but maybe you disagree with me. I think in situations like this, Liv Morgan, this will probably be her only title reign. So they're going to give her a run. She'll definitely lose it and probably never win it back. I think Carmella has a similar run where she, you know, she goes on a, you know, a big streak. Obviously beating Ronda Rousey is really big. Um, but I mean, it's going to be short-lived because, you know, Ronda's going to have that belt sooner or later because she's such a big star. So do you do you kind of like this Liv Morgan underdog storyline that's going on? Well, she had to shut off her Twitter and stuff like that because she was getting so much hate about why she shouldn't be champion and et cetera, et cetera. I, thought, I did think she was pushed a little too soon. I thought there are definitely like Mandy Rhodes should have been pushed. Mandy Rhodes is doing a great job in NXT oh, with her crew. Yes. So I thought someone like Mandy Rhodes should have been pushed over Liv. I mean, it is what it is. It's fine. I don't see anything wrong with giving Liv the belt. I don't want to put her down. Um, she's improved so much. I've seen her confidence build in matches because she has the belt. I felt like she was lacking that confidence before. And usually people will have the confidence and then win the belt. But what I've seen with Liv is she's gotten the belt and now she has the confidence. I've seen her do a lot more riskier moves. She's had faith in herself and her opponent. So I do like this evolution of Liv. But again, I think it's going to be short-lived. I think she's just going to be no a one-time No pun off. intended there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, okay, listen. I agree with you. I think Liv Morgan has definitely proved she's a great wrestler. And I don't have an issue with her being the champ. I just don't like this. Like They're making her look like a weak champ. Especially the way this match, match uh, finished. She got herself in an arm bar. And she actually tapped out. But because she was, quote-unquote, you know, pinning Ronda Rousey here... Uh, she won the match, and it's kind of like... Shoulders down? Yeah, shoulders down. Do you want to explain the rule, shoulders down? I, give it to me. So if your shoulders are down in any predicament, it doesn't matter what, it's technically considered a pin. So is that why uh, Ric Flair passing out in a figure four leg lock counts as a pin? No comment. <laughs> also a strange finish there. Ooh, how many Flair... Get these guys out of here, all right? <laughs> we got too many flagrants on the show today. Um, no, listen, I like Liv Morgan. I really hope that they build her up strong before she drops that title because if this is, like, if she's going to win, you know what it reminds me of? Rio in AEW when she had that title run and all she did was, like, roll-ups. And I wasn't a fan of hers. I'm like, why is she holding the belt for? And then she disappeared and she never came back. Yeah. And she's and, still gone. And I loved Rio because I thought she was a great wrestler, but I, ju I just never really had that, you know, feeling that she was a dominant champion, even though she was sort of a dominant champion, despite winning by like roll ups. Yeah, like, come on. All 80 pounds of her. Yeah, all, yeah that's true too. So. But uh, overall, though, how'd you feel about that match? Uh, you know, it was a short you, match. So you think, okay. so you think this rivalry is going to go on for uh, a little while? Yeah, it may or may not. It really depends on if uh, Triple H can get Sasha back, possibly, and just say, hey, go, go in there and tussle up with Liv. Probably Naomi the same, but uh, she'll have a few different opponents. I think Ronda will probably just 
do something else until she's ready and yada 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 sort of thing um there's no newcomers that i can see winning the belt but uh Liv, 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 Liv will have her reign one question i have for you is do you still have the same appeal with ronda rousey despite her not being a dominant mma champion anymore you know what i mean like when she first came to the wwe she was just on fire but she took a, a little time off got married i believe i think she's still gonna have the fire no matter what happens so as soon as you say her name people know her so like my mom will even say that's my girl okay and the reality is we know she wasn't the she yes she in her time she was good but if she were to go back which she's tried to do she got crushed by the girls out of there now right um so like this is the name factor alone people know and people love that name factor so ronda is going to be in every main event going forward for a women's match so. okay so your your take is that ronda is ronda rousey now no longer just it's a ronda branded rousey name. mma yeah exactly gotcha. it's a branded name gotcha i, I kind of agree with you because you're right like despite her not competing in MMA in such a long time, she still gets the pops. And I listen, I was kind of excited to see this fight as well. I don't give a damn about my reputation. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing, though, I will say is uh, her outfits keep changing and they, they're not getting better. No, they're odd. Yeah, it's like she got some Under Armour gear and was just like, all right, let's throw this yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> she got like Under Armour underwear, like, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, she could be advertising that stuff, so that could be why it's like that. Yeah, but like, whatever too. works for her and yeah. her family is great. She's making mad money. All right, so let's finally get to what we wanted to talk about. SummerSlam, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns unfortunately beats Brock Lesnar. Austin Theory tries to cash in, gets F5'd onto the briefcase, is out. He's out for the entire like final 10 minutes of the match, which was ridiculous to me. But uh, what do you think overall? Yeah, I thought it was a great match. I really enjoyed everything except for the ending. Um, but I love that Brock got on the truck, lifted the, the ring up. Roman rolls out. I think Roman and Brock have a great chemistry together. Obviously, unfortunately, this will quote-unquote be their last match. So we won't be seeing this in the future. Uh, I thought it was a good end. Unfortunately, Roman has now beaten Brock Lesnar, I think, twice in a row. And I like Cowboy Brock. And I'm really sad that... Uh, he didn't know, get that belt. Yeah, he didn't get that belt. But I guess that's not the direction they're going with. And then there are obviously rumors after the belt. Oh, yes. Okay, so if if you guys caught it on... on it's all over Reddit, but Brock Lesnar celebrated with the fans in... Part of me thinks it was just because it was a crazy scenario. The ring's like halfway in the year. Yeah, of course you're going to go celebrate with the fans. But some people are suspecting that maybe this is it for Brock. But I don't know, man. Brock seems to me to be a guy who, if the money's there, you know, why not? I uh, think so, too. Yeah. So, also, the other thing, too, is I think if he does, does decide to have a final retirement match, I think he would do the kind of leave, it, leave everything in the ring type of thing that, you know, Taker did before he, you know pseudo retired pseudo retired <laughs> i don't know if brock follows the tr tradition that well um it doesn't seem like anyone seems to be following it these that's days, fair so. fair um if it's brock's last match he'll just walk away and that's it he won't say anything he won't do anything he'll do nothing so i think it's really like i think as it stands right now brock is done with wrestling but that could change next week that could change tomorrow that could change within an hour it really depends if triple h will go after him to say hey i need you i don't think you need brock lesnar well, and that's a great point because, look, Brock Lesnar goes to Saudi Arabia to wrestle. So you know that he's a businessman because I'm sure he doesn't just want to go to Saudi Arabia to wrestle. Right. The money's got to be Money's there. there so yeah. 
if yeah, if Triple H wants to pay for him, I'm sure they can get Brock Lesnar. Now, I, I don't really know what his do contract you, situation's like. Do you think Liv could pay for Brock Lesnar? LIV? Ooh. I mean, they couldn't pay for Charles Barkley. We'll get to you in a second, but... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> or Tiger Woods. Or and they, Tiger Woods. And they Woods. offered him the boatload. I believe it was $200 million, but... uh, More than that. Because they paid the other guy... I forget his Phil? name. Yeah, Phil Mickelson, I think around... Was it 250 or 150 mm. Something. They gave him exorbitant amounts of money. So, so Tiger, Tiger Woods must have been... Yeah, he must have been getting... Anyways. Offered. Yeah. A couple of things I want to ask you about this main event here, though. So we talked about Brock Lesnar. You don't think he's retiring. I don't think he's retiring. But we do think he's going to slow things down. Fair to say? I think so, yeah. Roman Reigns, what's next for him? I have no idea. Um, I really thought Austin Theory was going to cash in on him. I think the only thing that makes sense at this point, you're building Roman like a god, basically, is for John Cena to take the belt off of him. I don't see anyone else taking the belt off of him. I think it's... uh, But again, it has to be... This is the way I see it. Um, Roman Reigns faces John Cena possibly at WrestleMania which would make the most sense. John Cena wins, becomes a 17-time champion. Austin Theory comes in, cashes in on John Cena and takes that belt away. That way, John Cena can go back to Hollywood, have the record. He can have a run later on when he has time. And you have Austin Theory as a champion in the most craziest, scummy way possible. Okay. Um, I could see that. Now, my issue with your thought there, though, I didn't like how they kind of threw Austin Theory under the bus here. And I know we talked about this in private and, and you're kind of saying, well, it happens. Like, this is what happens when you have a, a guy who holds, especially a heel who holds the money in the bank. They, 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 they kind of try and cash in and, and sometimes this stuff happens. But, I mean, when you have big plans for Austin Theory, like if he's the guy that's going to, to dethrone John Cena of all people, are you going to do this to him? You're going to have him come out, get F5, and just lie there for the rest of the match? I think you have to make him like slime. Mm. So I think you definitely do go this route where he just keeps losing and he's a loser and he doesn't deserve it and he doesn't do it. And then boom, it hits like a ton of bricks. Right. Like, this guy shouldn't have won the belt. He's a loser. And, da, 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 and, and then he goes on his little run. I think it's the best way to do it. We'll see what Triple H does with it. Obviously, Theory was a McMahon guy. We'll see if he's a Triple H guy, but I'm sure Triple H will hold the same sentiments that Vince did for someone like Austin Theory. Right. And building him as a young champion. Okay, um, let's let's pose a different question. If you were running SummerSlam, how would you have booked Austin Theory? I'd probably make him win the belt, but... uh, Then you would have had probably Brock beat Reigns, probably? No, probably have Roman's the same. Okay. And then uh, uh, Austin Theory comes out. Now, the problem with... Roman Reigns is that the Uso brothers are always around. So it's sort of hard to theory to do anything around, you know, the, the bloodline. So uh, it's a little difficult there. I would have had him done. I really thought that the Usos were going to... I think what's going to happen is the Usos losing the belt will signal Raymond Reigns about to lose the belt too. Um, so again, it's hard to say, but I think there's no one that can beat Roman right now besides John Cena. Sadly. This is just the way they're booking like Reigns. And I think his next match is going to be Clash of the Castle versus Drew McIntyre. McIntyre yeah. So, And obviously, Drew's not going to win that one. So you're probably right. Roman Reigns needs a John Cena to kind of dethrone him. But that's kind of a a position WWE put themselves in by by having him have this uh, reign for so long. The Roman reign. Uh, yeah, no pun intended there, but... <laughs> Pun intended. Um, okay, so are you happy with uh, 
how things turned out in SummerSlam here? I suppose so. I mean, overall, the last man standing match lived up to being a last man standing match in the history of last man standing matches. Um, I, I I almost inst- uh, automatically started thinking about Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar when he tore up the ring. I was thinking of the I Quit match between The Rock and Mankind, oh, man. reason, which yeah. I think. But yes, that's classics. actually a good yeah, classic. Right? Yeah. 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 So, and, and this is going to go down as classic. I don't even actually like. I mean, don't even mind the way that they ended it with, you know, just Brock getting piling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Brock's going to lose, that's the way to do it. I just didn't think Brock should have lost. Yeah. Kind of sad there, but. Overall, not a bad pay-per-view. A very good pay-per-view. I thought in terms of uh, matches, you know, like we talked about last week, WWE's momentum is going up. up. Yeah. And it's only going to go up with Triple H behind the helm there and Stephanie McMahon as well. So yeah. I'm excited to see what they have in store. AW, you got to, well, I mean, they got Daniel I Bryan mean, back. Yeah, they got Daniel Bryan who lost to Daniel Garcia. Yeah, also strange. Right? We had a Jungle Boy cut a promo that was a little cutthroat for some and cringy for others. Um, a lot of things going down in AEW, right? So uh, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to get into. We won't all get into that. that. Now, Maybe yeah. next week, but uh, let's move on to a little basketball before we uh, end this podcast off, because a lot of <laughs> a lot of less fun and not fun, but just strange storylines that kind of popped up uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I guess we touched on Charles Barkley tells Liv, "No, thank you." Yeah, it doesn't seem like he wants to go over there. He probably doesn't support them as a you know tiger woods said the same thing too um but he said you know barkley has told even 2k sports that he doesn't want anything to do with the video games as well specifically why i don't know but just he at least you know he, he has stands a guts for to something yeah. yeah and you know what i like about charles barkley is he was very upfront he said yeah i'm talking to live uh you know we're, we're having conversations and, then, and not live morgan <laughs> no okay so if if, if you're a wrestling fan listening to this part of the segment, uh, Liv is a, I guess, a golf organization. In Saudi Arabia. Yeah, trying to compete with the PGA. Which they won't. Well, I mean, they got the money to. No one's going to. No one, no one in the West anyway. That's more for them. I mean, that's Fair. what I really think it is. Fair enough. I think it's just for them to say, hey, we got Phil Mickelson. Yeah, until their money runs out. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Anyway. Uh, anyways, cool on Charles Barkley. Uh, another, I guess, sort of political headline here. Brittany Griner potentially going to be traded for a convicted Russian arms dealer. Is there any first round or second round picks included oh, in that trade? Oh, man. You know, flagrant, Mark. <laughs> I think you got to get out of here for this one. Um, you know what? Um, I don't really want to joke about this because no, it is a serious situation. Serious. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, you know, listen, we all want Brittany Griner to come back to the States. Kind of a weird trade. And she's there for because she had marijuana. Yeah, it was which actually is, a vape cartridge, I believe. Which is very... And I legal. believe it was just CBD, which, as we know, doesn't really... It doesn't get you high. Yeah. It can help uh, a lot of... Inflam- I'm not a doctor, so please don't take my advice. Speak to your doctor. But it's supposed to help with uh, inflammation, which a lot of a lot of us have from the foods we eat, from the things we drink, from the allergic reactions that we're having that we're not aware of. Um, it can help with those things. So she she had it for that. She's a basketball player, so clearly it's for pain. Yeah, and that's what she said as well. So hopefully she comes back. It's just kind of an interesting um, progression in, in, in that case there. She's been there a while too. Yeah, very long time. Yeah, I don't know how long it's been. It's probably like six, seven months now. Yeah. So hopefully that trade goes through and she's able to get back to uh, her regular life. Of course, it's going to be a little difficult, so we wish her the best in that. Yeah. Next up on the docket here. Draymond Green believes he deserves a max extension. You're dang right, Mark. You're dang right. Apparently, he's done this in the past where he's 
during contract negotiations with the Warriors, he said the same thing that he deserves a max X, Y, and Z. He's not getting any max, not from the Warriors and not from any other team. I just, I don't get it. If you're Draymond Green and you had perhaps one of the worst statistical years of your career, how do you come out and say that you believe you deserve a max extension? He does. He, he thinks he deserves it for the past stuff he's done. He deserves to get paid out at the age of the tender age of what, 34, 35, which I think is absurd. You should be getting paid out for when you're playing, not for when you're not going to contribute. Your playoff performance was not very good. I understand that you were the defensive anchor of the Golden State Warriors, but offensively, you are quite the liability. Six points. Yeah, it was... Uh, Which player who averages six points gets a max contract? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very, very, very good point. Now, what do you think actually will happen here? I'm sure he's going to resign with the Golden State Warriors. I'm looking if I... I like, listen, I'm not a, 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 a NBA finance guy, but if I had to put a number on it, maybe around $15 million. Yeah, I agree with $15 million. If he gets 20 I think that's a little high for Golden State to be going for, considering they have a lot of young guys. But even then, then you could probably say, okay, this is what you're... You know, from your past contributions, $20 mil. But I don't think you can say past contributions... Max Over. contract. No, definitely not. The Golden State Warriors aren't going to ruin their franchise uh, long-term for a max contract for a player that gives you six points. Do you honestly see game. any other teams really being interested in Draymond? I see other teams being interested. I don't see a max contract, though. That's the only thing. Draymond can help ensure a championship, possibly. But even then, I think he just does not give you enough. And I think having Steph Curry and, to a lesser extent, Klay Thompson really invigorates your team and i'm not sure draymond is worth all that much without the other two hey, i agree with you i mean i'm gonna go a different route like you're talking about contenders who might want him i think the teams that might want him are the younger teams like a, a memphis grizzlies might want a veteran presence like draymond on their team but yeah if i'm a contender do i want to spend 20 mil on a, on a guy like draymond no no not with uh not with what you can get out there not that draymond's bad but there's so much more you can get out there now in the league um and Draymond's just old so how long is he gonna last this guy hasn't even been healthy this season to be honest and I had him in fantasy so I know yeah ludicrous ludicrous um headline I guess you could say but I mean it was put out by Draymond himself yeah I'm not gonna fault the guy for trying to get as much money no. as he possibly no and can. that's what his goal is so. yeah fair enough moving on here uh raps sign Wancho Hernan Gomez yo yeah that's right the star of Hustle, if you guys happen to see that movie. I haven't actually watched it yet, but heard it was really good. Rancho Las Vegas. Does he make the... Uh, is he going to be playing, do you think? I think he will just because we still haven't really gotten a bonafide center. Oh, okay. You yeah. know? Like, he's a tall guy. Uh, is he a center, actually? He might play power forward. I'm not 100% sure. If I don't... that's the case, then yeah, probably he doesn't get many minutes there. I think he's like a small forward. I don't think he's that tall. You just check. No, no way he's a small forward. He's got to be at least a power forward. I think he's a power forward, maybe a center. If he's a center, that, that'd that be great. If he's a power forward, we have enough, you know, 6'9 kind of guys. So, um, you know, it's an interesting trade nonetheless. Or not trade, but signing. The Raptors usually don't make too much noise during the offseason. So, uh, to get a guy like, you know, Hernan Gomez is not a great player. But, I mean, if you're going to use him as your ninth, 8th, ninth, 10th guy, not bad. Yeah, he's not bad. So, I don't know. Really not much to say over there. But. Yeah, he's a small forward, power forward. So, How tall is he? 
Uh, anywho, while while uh, while Mark uh, gets those stats up, let's talk about uh, one of the interesting storylines that came out was apparently the Celtics, and apparently this offer was down months ago, but it only came out recently that they had offered Jalen Brown, um, White, a twenty-five pick 27 29 first round pick so that's three first round picks for durant and they were turned down that's gotta be the best offer on the table yeah apparently they uh so just looking at uh rancho herman gomez is he's actually six foot nine he's another long boy oh another six nine guy yeah so at 214 um he averaged three points two and a half rebounds 0.5 assists so he's just someone on our bench that we're going to try and stretch out but, so uh, basically a non-factor right but Any to, thoughts on this uh, Jalen Brown? So uh, going back to the Brown trade, apparently they uh, counter-offered the same with uh, uh, Derek. Uh, uh, sorry, with uh, Marcus Smart, the defensive player. Oh, of the instead year. of Derek White. Yeah. Okay. No, well, it was. It oh, was, all of them. Yeah, they just want everything. Derek White, Marcus okay. Smart, um, Jalen Brown, twenty twenty five, twenty twenty seven, twenty twenty nine, unprotected first round picks, and then Boston turned them down. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Listen, so this is the thing. A lot of people are now talking. I, I've read it on Reddit, anyways, that a lot of GMs and are kind of upset with the value of players that they're too high. Um, obviously, the Gobert trade and the Dejounte Murray trade kind of broke all kind of contract, not contract negotiation, but trade negotiations between teams. Kevin Durant is obviously better than both Gobert and DeJounte Murray, but they, and they want more for that, which is an understandable thing. But it's, you're not going to get four or five first-round draft picks it's now. It's crazy what the price this offseason. Yeah. I think we were talking in private, and I, I recall when Carmelo Anthony got traded, it was like two picks that were included. Yeah. This is when he went low. to Denver to New York, and right. he wasn't a stud at that time. Yeah. So the fact that you know the fact that you know you can't get uh, Gobert anything. got five picks. Yeah. Yeah. And Dejounte almost the same for three, uh, four or five picks, something like that. Yeah, because you got to imagine that Utah's not going to be able to make any trades in the not sorry not Utah. Uh, the Timberwolves won't be able to make any trades in the foreseeable future. The next four or five years, they're tied down. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I don't think you're going to get a better trade than that in this market. You guys, you, They have to be real that the trades that were going to happen with that many draft picks have already happened. But the thing is, they're holding out. They want something more. So the thing is, now it's going to be real difficult to see what they can get. And they may have to hold on to Kevin Durant. Now, at this point, as a Raptors fan, do you think we're, we're basically out of the sweepstakes? I, I know we have pretty good offers with OG and OG and uh, Gary Trent, but... If if Celtics are seriously willing to trade Jalen Brown, you got to imagine that's the, the best. That's probably the best trade. Jalen yeah. Brown is probably the best player you'll get. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, as a Raptor fan, I I I'm I've already taken that scenario, which is I, fine. I don't yeah. really want KD. We're gonna gut ourselves like that too. Exactly. So it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, just another interesting tidbit in the ongoing KD thing saga. Do you think this uh, saga is gonna continue? into the season or you think a trade will get done before then probably go right into the season with the trade talks and whatnot because Kyrie's deal probably can't be done until KD's deal is done so, so we might actually see the Brooklyn Nets yeah we might actually see them yes wow so okay that'll be interesting one last NBA talk uh, before we get out of here guys uh, Zion Williamson has a, a interesting contractual obligation added to his new uh, I think it's the the biggest extension this year yep so, Mark, uh, tell us about this uh, contract that Zion has just signed. 
So Zion uh, signed a new longer contract. I actually don't have the financials of it just because uh, he'll be making something like 31, 33, 37, I think, and I believe 40 million in his last year. Uh, essentially, um, he has to keep his body weight and his body fat percentage to add up to less than 295, <laughs> which I've never really heard of before. I mean, if it's um, happened before, I've never, it's never come out to the public. Yeah. So he lost, he missed an entire season last year because he was, they say he was like 350, which is very unhealthy for someone who's six foot six. Um, while we saw him doing 360 dunks and TikTok videos and whatnot, but uh, they were adamant that he needs to keep his weight down because obviously he's going to be, he's not going to last as long as they want him to. Um, and Zion could be a generational player as well if, if he wanted to, but he's got to keep that New Orleans, you know, good cooking away i mean this is so strange why is it that they like body fat and weight added up to no less than <laughs> yeah i know Tune why why couldn't they just have two stipulations like keep yeah. your body weight under this and your fat percentage under, yeah. like I, uh, it's all very strange to me but what i wanted to ask you though is this uh, so Zion could be 50 percent fat <laughs> <laughs> and 245 pounds and he'd be okay <laughs> Uh, that's a good point but uh i mean as per the contract yeah he'd be all right but, as uh, per contract he'd be good he'd be good <laughs> I, you worked in the law firm not me so i think that's legally binding there um no so the question i had for you though is is this the beginning of players starting to lose that remember we talked about in the past about their player empowerment and how Teams are going to start looking to add in stipulations like minimum games played, this and that. Well, I'm expecting Miles Turner to have a contractual agreement where he can't be arrested for domestic abuse, let alone anything else. So I can see that. Oh, coming. wrong name, though. You said Miles Turner. Oh, sorry. Miles Bridges. Oof. 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 Miles Turner. Apologies to Miles Turner. Flagrant, Mark. I, I, that's got to be your fourth flagrant. Oh, You're definitely goodness. out for the season, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, though. Uh, could this be the beginning? Like, could we see Kawhi's next contract, for example, say, hey, you got to play at least 50 games? Kawhi, probably not so much because Ballmer loves him. But uh, I could see in the future for younger guys, especially guys that struggle with their weight or possibly attitude issues, um, it could it could come up. You start getting point. in sticky situations, though, because you look at a guy like, for example, Lonzo Ball, consistently injured. But it's not like any one injury, and it's it's sort of a little bit of bad luck. And it would be almost unfair to kind of say, hey, you got to play 60 games next year, even though these things are out of your control. I think, um, and this talk has come up a lot in what I've been reading, is that a lot of the GMs are waiting for the bargaining agreement to bring up a lot of issues like this where they're not getting their money's worth. Um, and they want to see it. Like, if you guys want this kind of money, you got to give us something too. So it's going to be interesting, the next CBA talks. Um, it's going to be a lot more different, more in the owner side than the player side, I think. Um, I, the only thing I can see from the player side is possibly less games. Uh, but what I see from the owner side is if they're going to give them less games, and I, if Adam Silver is okay with that, which I don't think he's going to be, um, it's like they're going to have to play at least a minimum amount of game for guaranteed money. And I think contracts are going to be a lot about guaranteed money, much like the NFL, where a lot of it's not guaranteed unless you're Deshaun Watson getting away <laughs> with. <laughs> Boo! Yeah, Deshaun Watson, get out of here. Get out of here. Um, no, I 100% agree with you. I think I think this is the start of it. Like, it, It's strange, too, because Zion could have got a max anywhere, probably. 
and the fact that he decided to stay here and on top on top of it signed to the stipulation is kind of strange but maybe this is the beginning of taking that power and kind of shifting it back to the teams and maybe we'll see some, they'll do something about the fact that players like KD can sign a four-year max and then demand a trade yeah kind of weird kind Kinda of stuff weird. like that right. and, and that's the stuff i don't really like to see i i'm all for player empowerment because without them there's no nba and also yeah, who 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 isn't against the billionaires here you know what i mean yeah. like the billionaires gotta eat too yeah <laughs> the billionaires gotta eat too geez uh but at the same time for the product of basketball for the product of nba i do want to see star players play more often i do want to see that i do want to see players stick with the teams that they sign with uh, you know these are all things that i think would help the fans and that's the most important thing as a fan yeah so agree. uh with all of that said i i think i hear a, a segment coming along here oh yeah that's right we got another five point play um and uh, we got some royalty-free music, like I mentioned. Uh, so this week's uh, five-point play is brought to you by none other than Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! Yes, exactly. Uh, in, in light of Ric Flair's uh, last match and his final, hopefully, retirement match, the top five this week is going to be top five wrestlers slash NBA players that should retire. Now... Yep. You want to start with this? Or? Yeah, I'll start with it. All right, let's do it. Um, my So these are my top five. Um, I think uh, I'm going to go with Dragic, who's now on the Chicago Bulls first. He's kind of a forgotten guy. He was on the Heat, was on the Raptors, was on the Nets, badmouth the Raptors, and now he's on the Bulls. I don't think there's anywhere really for this guy. Um, I think he needs to retire, and he can go to Sacramento or something and disappear. So he's uh, number five on my list. Number four would be Ben Simmons because we just haven't seen Ben Simmons. Is that a? Ooh, I uh, no, I agree with you. I listen. The guy has more than just injuries. Yeah, he needs to get himself right before he, he, he wants to come back. He, so he needs to go to the uh, League of Assassins cave and and retrain his brain to uh, maybe overcome his his own greatest enemy, which is himself. I mean, because we forget that he's on the Nets. Yes. We as much as we talk about yeah. KD and Kyrie, Karen, yeah. Karen and Karen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we also forget that Ben Simmons is on the, uh, on, on the team as well. Uh, no, I, listen, he's never struck me as a guy that really was all that committed. And it, it, maybe he is. It, it, I don't really want to disparage his work, but just from what we've seen, the last couple of years have been really tough for him. And yeah, retire if you need to. He's a guy, I have a guy similar to that on the list, but go on. Okay, so my number three would be Omas. Um, I don't really know what he's doing. AJ's not with him anymore, and he's been compared to Andre the Giant. So I'm like, he's like, you can't be compared to Andre the Giant, a man who had a 15-year undefeated streak and only lost the belt to Hulk Hogan. I don't see what you're... Like, you know, what exactly is your gravity in wrestling right now? You don't do many moves. Um, I've seen um, Satnam Singh on TNA do more moves than you, and he's taller than you, or possibly the same height as you. So, um, Amos, I think it's time for you to, <laughs> you know, put the lace the boots up and, and put him somewhere not in the wrestling ring. Ooh, that's a rough one, just because he's only been here for like a year. Yeah. So. And, and it's been a long year. <laughs> Um, my number two is Jinder Mahal. Oh, not the Canadian kid. No. I'm going to take the Canadian king at number two because uh, he just doesn't seem to develop anything in the wrestling game. He definitely took steroids. 
definitely getting them gyno nips scaring me most of the time when i'm watching his matches jump up and down oh no so it's not only a disturbing art to see it's also disturbing to see him in the ring i don't i just haven't seen him develop as a wrestler his moves are boring i like he does submission moves from the 1980s and he just it's all submission in the coloss yeah, you know, like Jinder Mahal, I don't think he's a great wrestler. I think he's a bad wrestler. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to tell the guy to retire, man. That's his livelihood. Yeah, good for him. I think, <laughs> I think he'll be fine in Vancouver. All right, who, who's and your my final number one on this one list? is someone who's spoken about his uh, retirement. Um, if it should come to that and if no other team would sign him. His name is Dwight Howard, also known as D12. For our listeners, I have forgotten about this man's impact. It doesn't look like any team is necessarily interested in him because he hasn't really performed. I believe the last team he was on was the Lakers. Um, he obviously had a lot of his achievements on or the Orlando Magic. He cut a little promo on stage. Uh, I believe it was for SummerSlam, but he cut a promo on stage. Yeah, it was a tryout that was happening SummerSlam weekend. Yeah, right. So he did a tryout. I thought he sounded really good. He's obviously seven foot tall and he is Jack. Um, I would like to see him retire from NBA and possibly go into wrestling. So this is a sort of a bittersweet kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I like it. Um, so I'm going to go with D12 just because I think he has more probably attributes that would help him as a wrestler than he would as an NBA player. I know he's really out there with not only his personal life, but the way he is. That's actually uh, that's a really wholesome pick there. Appreciate that one, Mark. Uh, I like that uh, reasoning there. I got, um, I got fouled out, so I had to get myself back. <laughs> All right, uh, let me give you guys my top five, and then we're gonna get, we're gonna go on and get out of here. But uh, the first on my list, and I got a couple that are a little controversial here. But Chris, <laughs> Chris Jericho. I know Mark's got a few things to say about this one, but look, the thing with Chris Jericho, and I understand he got in better shape, but in terms of his technical wrestling. It's just not where it needs to be. He can hardly hit lion salts. Uh, it doesn't mean that he has to be out of wrestling for good. He could be a manager. I think he'd be a great manager. But in terms of wrestling itself, I think it's time to to, to put the boots in the ring and enjoy your life, man. You've made en- enough money. You're a rock star. You do your, your wrestling cruise. You have everything that you need. I don't think you particularly contribute much in the wrestling world in terms of the technical wrestling. Unless... It's a hardcore match, in which case his hardcore matches have been stellar. Except the endings where they all get botched. <laughs> um, Chris Jericho, I understand what you're saying, but I'm, I got to ask you, how much of the bubbly you've had today to be saying things like oh, this? Oh, <laughs> come on. I had one glass, but no, that that does not change my points. They they are valid. Hey, one you, glass too many, you, my friend. You take that Bottle of red or bottle of red? Um, okay, so moving on from Chris Jericho, second up on the list is Udonis Haslam. Not a very strange choice, but... The Heat are still, like, begging him to come back. I don't understand. Why not just hire him as an assistant coach or something? No, they want him on the bench so he can sit there and maybe have hopes of playing one day. But he said he's not even interested, so I don't understand. The one thing I will say about you, Don, is... uh, Do you recall the little scuffle that uh, happened between Butler and Jimmy Butler and uh, Spolstra? Yeah, right. Uh, And yeah, it was Udonis Haslam that kind of stepped up for for Spolstra. Spolstra, yeah. Maybe you just need him as your hitman. Yeah, he'd be a good hitman because Jimmy Butler is, <laughs> you know, is charging his teammates coffee and stuff with his coffee business. Oh, man. But for sure, Udonis Haslam, you know, best days are behind him. So that's just, he's a glorified assistant coach at this point. So please retire. So uh, Third on my list, a guy that we talked about, he made the list, Dominic Mysterio. I think I said enough about him. Yeah, I agree. 
he needs to retire before he gets himself hurt. I just I find it's I find it so strange that he's worse than Bad Bunny. He's worse than Logan Paul. Yeah, that's sad. It's, it's really sad. It's really sad. So, yeah, we'll give him one of those on the way out there. Uh, Don't let the door hit you on the way out, kid. Oof. Okay, so another guy that I think should retire based on outside type things, sort of like your Ben Simmons pick, Kyrie Irving. Karen Irving? Is Car- he known as Karen Irving. Uh, listen, great player, obviously can still play in the NBA, but... It's just so much outside noise. I want to see you committed before you can. I can, you know, rely on you. He's just daring to be different. He really is. I mean, I wish I could dare to be different. Grab that thirty mil. I uh, just and Kyrie is going to be a big reason why the owners are going to go to the table and say this is bullshit. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, well, yeah. I I forget who it was. I think it was Shaq that was talking about Ben Simmons in the same light. But it's these type of players that are out without injury. And kind of just taking random sabbaticals that are going to screw it for the other players in the league. And it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's going to screw them. Yeah. So uh, And Kyrie, the CBA contracts are coming up soon. Yep. Yes, they are. So Kyrie, um, you can dare to be different and see the bigger things than basketball and just walk and don't let the door hit you on the way out either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Kyrie Irving, my friend, I think it's time. Uh, finally on my list is a player that's no longer in the NBA. He's not an NBA player. You got a face on there, but I'll tell you why I added him to the list. Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin. Uh, sad to say because blasphemy he, because he's he, on the Raptors he, 2019 he undisputed 2019 NBA World undisputed champions of the world. Uh, uh, yes, uh, I agree with you. I like him as a uh, a person, fine, but it seems like every year he's puts out a new article that says, oh, I'm trying to get back into the NBA. I'm not getting uh, shots, this and that. He goes to the G League, this and that. I mean, I love you, Jeremy Lin, but your time is done. I think it's time to hang up your 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 shoes there because your best days are definitely far behind you. You were a good player. You were. When you were in New York, when you were in Charlotte, when you were in Atlanta. When you were in Toronto and won a championship. Not a good player then. I think we played him like three minutes. It doesn't matter. He won a championship <laughs> with Toronto. But uh, his best days are behind him. And I'm just kind of tired of seeing these articles where he, it's not just him, like all his fans think he has a realistic shot of getting back into the NBA. The the reality is is there's so many good guards out there right now. You're not getting back in. It's it's sad to say. So uh, Jeremy Lin is a guy that I think should retire. And I think, you know. Retire from the NBA or retire from basketball? uh, Well, professional basketball, I would say. Because I think he could still get. Or maybe NBA dreams then. Let's yeah, put it that way. I think he can still get contracts around the world. I think he's good enough for that. Yeah, I think he always sure. does well too, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think in NBA, is probably his time is up there. Yeah. He's getting a lot older too. So for sure. So he's a guy that I just think you know. I think it's time to put that behind you, man. So there it is. Top five list, five point play, top five wrestlers slash NBA players that should retire. So that was another episode of the WrestleBall Podcast and. Yeah, we got some new outro music, as you can tell. Uh, Some new hardware. Hopefully the quality is super crisp. And as always, last words, Mark. Zero Monero.